but uh, I'll do my best. I'll try to be mindful of the time. Psalm 144, verses 1 and 2, and then we'll also read the other text which we've been using, which is Psalm 18, verse 34. Amen. If you have it, say amen. All right. Sounds like the majority. If you don't have it, find a friend <laughs> or a wall. <laughs> there we go. Some of us catching up. A Psalm of David, verse 1 of 144, and Psalm says, A Psalm of David, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust. Anybody trust the Lord? Hallelujah. Who subdueth my people under me. And then Psalms 18 verse 34, he teacheth. Oh, I better give you a chance to get there. (laughs) Psalms 18 34, he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Amen. I want to talk on this subject, which we've been dealing with over the past three weeks, four weeks now. This is the fourth lesson, so this would be the fourth week. But spiritual warfare, amen. Let's lay down our Bibles, ask the Lord to help us in the remainder of this service. God, we thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for faithful saints of God come to the house of the Lord to give honor and praise that's due unto your name. I pray that you would continue to move in the remainder of this service. Anoint my lips, anoint my mind, so that I can produce, God, the word that you have laid on my heart. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, the mind and the spirit to receive and respond and be obedient to your word. the mighty name of Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated tonight. Give honor to my pastor. Sister and Sister Riggin, um, love and appreciate each of them, and we are missing them dearly tonight. Amen. Praying for, I, I think they're, they're either, they, I'm sure they've already boarded. I think the ship was uh, porting, relieving today. What was that? Yesterday. Oh, yeah, today's Tuesday, not Monday. That's where my brain is. Um, so, yeah, so they, they, they boarded yesterday, and so they're on, they're on a cruise Along with some of our other fellow laborers who apparently are decided not to labor tonight. I'm <laughs> just kidding. If brother and sister self listen to this a little bit later, uh, I do love you. Anywho, um, talked about Amalek and the children of Israel uh, in their first battle after leaving Egypt in Rephidim, Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. Then Amalek came and fought, or Uh, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. We talked about the meaning of the name uh, Rephidim means to uh, rest or stay or resting place. And so this was a a special place for the children of Israel. One of the first opportunities they had a chance to breathe after escaping bondage from Egypt. And then those those, uh, low-down, good-for-nothing Amalekites came and uh, smoked the hindmost of them, all that were feeble behind them, all that was faint and weary, according to Deuteronomy 25 and 18. And uh, so because of this this, um, attack from Amalek, Moses issued to Joshua a mandate. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 9, Moses said to Joshua, choose us out men and and, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. And before Bishop left, he issued me a similar mandate that I intend to carry out. And that is that we have good church every service. And um, we're not going to just s- slip on by. And, and I, I, again, I've said this in, in each lesson that I've taught. And I want to say it again. I appreciate the concerted effort of the children of God, each of you who've come and made it, made it your uh, objective, made it your goal to have good church in every service. And it shows it even shows tonight, amen, there, there are a number of distractions that uh, befall each and every service, but and as, as each distraction arises, uh, we make do, and then we resolve it. I see a fixed light back there. I see, I see a fixed light up here, too. I missed that one, but uh, thank God for those of you who are, who are willing to, to, uh, to, to 
to overcome those distractions and those, uh, those things, those variances. Those things are just life. Those things are just there. And uh, perhaps they might be a tool of the enemy, perhaps not. Amen. But we're here to have church, and that's what we've come to do. So thank you. And because of those who went into the valley of Rephidim to fight with Joshua, uh, the Bible tells us in, Je- in Exodus chapter 7, verse 13, that Joshua discomfited them, defeated or overthrew Amalek. So uh, that I-, I have absolute confidence that if we continue in this spirit, if we continue with this mindset, if we continue with the same purpose and goal that we have already come with, then we will succeed in our efforts. Amen. And it uh, doesn't mean that there's not going to ever be another battle. doesn't mean that there's not going to be another time for us to uh, uh, pray and, and, and uh, put forth some effort. We're not always going to be able to kick back and enjoy a good service. Amen. But uh, there will come times when it will require effort. And I have absolute confidence because of what I've already seen that you're going to help. Jesus said that he's given us the grace if we're a part of the church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church Matthew chapter 6 verse 18 amen and in our previous studies we have discussed uh, three of Sun Tzu's uh, five essentials for winning and uh, pastor as he mentioned uh, in his lesson learning to make war I don't want to just fight but I want to win I don't want to just show up on the battlefield. That's too risky. I don't want to just show up in in the uniform. I want to be present in mind, body, and soul. I want every part of me, amen, to be there fighting. I don't want to just fight for the sake of fighting, Brother Hall. I want to overcome. I want to win. Amen. If we're fighting with the Spirit of God, amen, we're guaranteed that we will win. Amen. Three of those uh, essentials for winning is uh, in the Art of War by Sun Tzu is he will win. Who knows when to fight and when not to fight. When to um, put forth the effort and when to preserve your energy. Use wisdom, use discernment, use discretion. Sun Tzu also said he will win whose army is animated by the same spirit throughout all its ranks. What spirit is that? What is the spirit? The spirit of the Lord. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is peace. There is victory. So the spirit that animates us or that should animate us is the spirit of God. The the spirit... With, to whom we call Lord, that we submit ourselves to. Amen. He will win if that army is animated by the same spirit. And then last week we began to discuss this third one that I want to continue talking about tonight. He will win who prepared himself, waits to take the enemy unprepared. And, uh, and so we need to know when to fight. We need to know... Uh, that there is a time and a season for everything. There's a time of peace, but there's also a time of war. And if we want to have peace, we must be willing to wage war. If you want those moments of peace in your life, it's going to require you to put forth some war. I quoted Pastor in a time of war, preached just last year, July 25th, that time of war not only exists, but it is sometimes in the perfect plan of God. God ordains certain times to be a time of war. So that way, we could have a time of peace. And there is, um, Sun Tzu made this statement, there is no instance of a nation benefiting from prolonged warfare. Whether you're winning or you're losing, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to always be fighting. It's not worth it to always be putting forth that effort. There are times, Brother Hall, that we need to plant and we need to garden and we need to grow and we need to, uh, we need to educate, we need to teach, we need to share. Amen. But in order to get to those times of peace, in order to get to those times of growth, in order to get to those moments of prosperity, if you allow me to use those terms, amen, we must first put forth the effort in 
in warfare and overcome and win. Amen. Not everything that bad is, everything that happens, uh, every bad thing that happens is a, is a spiritual attack. I mean, just because uh, you got to work and you were wearing uh, the wrong color socks, <laughs> the devil didn't put those things on you. <laughs> it was probably your wife. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> trying to humble you, trying to, yeah. Well, anyway, um, Jesus tells us that the Father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and send rain on the just and on the unjust. Everybody, everybody goes through it. Everybody has their trials. Everybody has their temptations. It's what you do with those trials, what you do with those temptations that determines uh, whether or not you will win. Amen. And uh, we talked about the unity of the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and uh, that we must endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace amen you know what will bring peace you know what will bring that liberty that we're seeking for is is whether or not we come together whether or not we bind together amen brother hall it's it's a it's a challenge for me to to fight off on my own and if i'm over here fighting my own battle and somebody over here is fighting a, a battle on their own it's likely that we will both be engaged in those battles for longer but if i can get a little help in my battle and you can get a little help in your battle if we bind together in the same spirit then we will overcome Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, two is better than one. Amen, if we can get the spirit of God on our side, amen, our two has exponential greater power. Hallelujah, two can send, amen, if, if one can send a thousand to flight, then two can send 10,000. Hallelujah. Amen, I understand that that, uh, that was regarding the Philistines. Amen, but... But there's spiritual application there. Amen. I don't have a lot of time to qualify everything that I'm saying tonight. Amen. Amen. So, amen. We need to not only be oneness in our faith and our trust in, in our revelation of who God is, but we need to be one in spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. That means that we have to set aside our agenda. That means we have to set aside our personal programs. We need to set aside our own goals and ambitions. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about this tonight. If we can acquire, amen, that same mindset, that unity, amen. If we can become perfectly joined together in the same mind by the same spirit, we're closer to becoming one. Hallelujah. Amen. We talked about the gifts of the spirit. Amen. Wouldn't you like to see, amen, the gifts of the Spirit in operation at the Truth Church? Amen. I'll tell you that we have witnessed them firsthand, amen, in this church, in recent services. Why? Because we come together in the same Spirit. Those diversities of, of gifts, everything that God wants to accomplish, it, it all occurs whether or not, by whether or not we, uh, we are able to get in tune with His Spirit. But if we're distracted and we've got this going on over here and this going on over here in our minds, uh, amen, then, and we're not tuned into the same spirit, then those gifts, the diversities of those gifts cannot flow in that service. Amen. Amen. But we are going to win. Amen. Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race, run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Amen. Only one person is going to win. Only one person is going to win the fight. Amen. You, you, it's, it's, it's not a complex idea. This is not a complex thought. You, you get into a race, uh, there might be 20 runners, but there's only one that's going to come in first place. And that's the same that is true here in the spiritual world. We're, when we're fighting, there's going to be one that's going to overcome. Amen. It's either the enemy or it's this church. And I would dare, I would dare say that we are not fighting so that way we could lose. We're fighting to win. Amen. Let's run so that we can obtain. Every man striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corrupt, a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. I'm running with certainty. 
Every step is sure. Every, every, uh, I, I'm going in a specific direction. Paul said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I'm not in, I'm not in fighting practice. This is, uh, this is war. Amen. So, um, let's go on into our lesson tonight. We began last week to talk about our spiritual preparation and uh, to kind of re uh, bring back into context what we were talking about. He, he will win who prepared himself ways to take the enemy unprepared. We talked about how the enemy is, is unprepared. He thinks he's prepared. Focus on that last part first. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And uh, we talked about some of those things that the enemy likes to use. He thinks he's prepared. He thinks he's got the, the golden ticket to win this fight. He thinks he's going to win. Amen. But he's got something coming. Amen. To him. Because his devices are the same old tactics that he's used from the very beginning. I mean, we talked about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We talked about how he puts in our imaginations, in our minds, certain thoughts about ourselves. You're not spiritual enough. You're not, you don't pray enough. You don't fast enough. You, you don't go, you don't consecrate enough. We, he puts in our minds thoughts about others. They're not spiritual enough. They don't pray enough. They, we, we start criticizing others. Some, sometimes the enemy puts thoughts in our minds about God and, and puts lies in our minds about him. He also puts lies about the enemy, that he's too powerful. We can't overcome him. Doubts, fears, unbeliefs, worries. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every lie that the enemy puts into your mind should be, is subject to the truth of God's word. I mean, you look into uh, erase from your mind some lies that, that have been embedded there, that, that have become fostered in your mind. Why don't you break open this black book and begin to put those thoughts in your mind? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know that for me, whenever I, 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 I've mentioned a couple of times some things that I struggle with, and, and the way that I overcome, the way that I overcome those things is by turning on the scripture in my room or, or cracking open the Bible and beginning to read. Because if I can focus on what is absolutely true, Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. This is how we become more holy. This is how we become more like Him. This is how we become uh, more perfect, more sanctified, is by the truth. And then Jesus identifies for us what the truth is. Thy word is truth. This is not subjective truth. This is not opinion. This is not thought this is not philosophy this is not ideas this is uh, this is uh, objective absolute truth it's the purest form of truth and um, hallelujah I'm trying to hurry I, I'm realizing where we're at here first Corinthians chapter 14 verse 33 the Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion but of peace I mean, this is where our peace is going to come from. If we're willing to study the Word of God, if we're willing to seek out the Word of God. Jesus said, search the Scriptures for them you think you might have eternal life. I mean, if we're going to have that eternal peace, that eternal life, then we have to search the Scriptures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We talked about the original sin, how God, uh, how in that uh, original sin, we saw this pattern, the pattern uh, of how the enemy uses uh, our imagination to, to produce a lie in our mind. And then it grows from just imagination to an exalted thought, a thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, yeah. Yeah. against the things that we already know. Yeah. 
If we allow those imaginations to, uh, those, those lies to persist in our mind, then they will become more than just a thought. If we allow our minds to evolve around that thought, it's going to produce more. We're, we're fostering. We're giving it nutrition. I was talking to my brother amen, just last Wednesday, and I was sharing with him what I was talking about. And he, he reminded me of an old story by, uh, that, that pastor used to tell about an Indian who was, who was preparing uh, a young warrior to go to war. And he said, the, the, young, the young man comes to the, the older Indian. I'm probably going to mess the story up, so forgive me if I do, but I didn't put it in my notes. I'm just re- recalling this. But the, the young man goes to the elder, and he says, he says I've, got, I've got two. Uh, I'm sorry, it was the elder that so, told the young man, got, you got two dogs inside of you. You got a white dog and you got a black dog. And the white dog represents good and uh, the black dog represents evil. And and the young man said, well, how do I I determine which one wins? He says, whichever one you feed the most. If you feed the lies of the enemy with confirmation, with, with reinforcement, every time you hear it, every time you see something that, that agrees with what you thought before, then that's only going to reinforce that lie in your mind. It's only going to grow. It's only going to produce more offspring, more lies. But if you feed the opposite, if you, if you strengthen uh, the truth in your mind, Brother Hall, there could, it's possible for you to put so much uh, of God's word in your heart and in your mind uh, that it will overpower every lie of the enemy. What did Paul tell us in Philippians? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. This is Philippians 4 and 8. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. He tells us, Brother Hall, what to think about. This is how we can can dispose of the lies of the enemy. Amen. If it's a lie, if it's not true, amen, then it is offspring. It is produce from the enemy. The Bible tells us that the father of all lies is the devil, Satan. And so so if, if we are not thinking these things, then what we are thinking of are the offspring of the enemy. We're allowing that to live on, persist in our, our life. But if we, can, if we can overcome those things with the thoughts of truth, of honesty, of, uh, of just and purity, and, and whatsoever things are lovely and the things that are of good report and virtue and praise. Verse 9, he gives us a key as to how to do, those, do, do this. He said, those things, talking about the things we should be thinking about, those things which ye have both learned and received, and heard and seen in me. Yeah, those those are the things that once you, I, I, man, I, I I've got a I've got a my mind's going a couple of different directions. First of all, let me just point, make this point that Bishop, I mean, how many years has he spent teaching, and how many years have you spent here hearing and receiving and seeing firsthand uh, these good things, these pure things, these true things, these honest things. And then, amen, it's not enough for us to just retain them in our mind. But he said, if you do think on these things, then ultimately, this is the whole reason that you think about it. Because over time, when you, be, when you begin to think, when you allow truth to foster in your mind, when you allow the honesty to, to develop in your mind, when you allow these things to grow in your mind, then you'll begin to do them. It goes beyond what lives on in your mind, and it becomes reality. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. The infinite source of truth is God's word. We already mentioned John chapter 17, verse 17. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about, this is actually part of the armor of God that he gives to us as soldiers, as as warriors, as spiritual warriors, he gives to us the armor, the armor of God. We'll read about it in Ephesians chapter 6. But, but before we get there, 
If we're going to fight spiritually, we must learn how to walk spiritually. And if we're going to learn how to walk, then we must first be born and live spiritually. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, the uh, Apostle Paul tells us that the enemy is not another human. Enemy is not flesh or blood. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. No one in this room, I, I got a little bit ahead of myself just a moment ago, so just hold that thought for a second, but let me just make this point first, that no one in this room is your enemy. In fact, if you waste your time, if you spend your time fighting against other people, it's, it's a waste of time. It's much easier, of course, it's going to be much easier for us to identify someone to attach our anger to. Something physical. I can, I can think about, I can blame that person. But let me tell you something. If you're looking for somebody to blame, you ought to blame the one who is the accuser of the brethren. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before God day and night. If you're looking for somebody to blame, blame him. If you're looking for somebody to cast your blame on, blame the enemy because he's the one that's blaming you, that's trying to cause you to trip up or cause your brother to trip up. And furthermore, he's the one that's putting those thoughts in your mind against, the enemy, against what you think is your enemy but really is not. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, for, we, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. We're not looking to kill somebody. So what should we do? We should look to crucify our flesh. Instead of trying to destroy somebody else's spiritual life or spiritual walk, we should enhance not only theirs, but our own through our self-destruction, through our self-crucifixion of our own flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24 says that they are, that are Christ's have crucified the flesh. If you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, you must crucify your flesh. What does that mean? He goes on to say, with the affections and lusts. How do we crucify the flesh? Paul tells us in an important passage in Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 13, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. We're not looking to do that. You live after the flesh, you'll die. What are we trying to do? But if you, through the Spirit, everybody say, through the Spirit. Do mortify the deeds of, your bo of the body. Ye shall live. He gives us a clue, Brother Hall. How do we mortify the deeds of the body? It's through the Spirit. How do we do that? In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. He's starting to help us understand how we overcome our flesh, how we overcome our carnal uh, enmity, the, 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 the evil dog, if you will, to, to starve him of the things that are giving him strength to persist in our life and feed the good dog. He's saying, uh, uh, you are not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. If you uh, feel like uh, that, that there's a little bit too much flesh going on, if you feel like there's a little bit too much carnality, then what you need is a fresh dose uh, of the Holy Ghost. What you need is a fresh infilling uh, of God's Holy Spirit uh, that will change us from being carnal to becoming more like Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know this isn't rocket science. Amen, this is not anything profound. Amen, but it's true. 
It's truth. Amen. If you will remember, the, remember these simple, amen, these simple tactics. Uh, this will help you, amen, persist in your spiritual walk. Uh, this will help you move from just living, Brother Hall, amen, just breathing, if, it, if you will, amen, just eating and, and enjoying the presence of God to uh, beginning to get up and start walking. Hallelujah. Amen. But just receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, just being filled with the Spirit of God is only breathing, is only living, is just being born into the Spirit. Hallelujah. So if you have the gift of the Holy Ghost, congratulations. You're now living in the Spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost or if it's getting a little stale, get a fresh dose so you can join us living in the Spirit. Amen. But uh, now we must learn. I mean, think about a little child. It takes time. It takes time for them to learn, to walk. Parents have to teach. Parents have to be patient and draw them and, and help them and put support around them and give them the strength that they need to be able to learn how to walk. But over time, with balance, they learn to walk. And uh, surprise, we're, we're going to talk about the mind again. Because I think this is why the enemy, this is one of his tactics. I'm talking, uh, th- this is one of the tactics that the, that the enemy uses because he knows that this is our most vulnerable point. Romans chapter 8, verse 5, he says, For they that are after the flesh, they do what? They mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit... Insert by, from the previous phrase, they mind the things of the Spirit. So this is how we learn to begin, and this is in the context of him talking about walking in the Spirit. So I'm not just pulling this out of thin air. So if you want to learn to walk in the Spirit, you have to learn the balance of minding the things of the Spirit. Let me, let me go a little bit further the word do mind in the phrase do mind the things of the flesh or by implication the things of the spirit means to direct one's mind to a thing, to seek or strive for, to seek one's interest or advantage, to be of one's party. Specifically in this passage, Thayer uses this definition to pursue those things which gratify the flesh or which gratify the spirit this is what he what apostle paul meant when he uses this phrase you are pursuing things you're pursuing to be a party to these things you're pursuing uh you you have an interest you want to use these things to your advantage you want to you direct your mind at these things What, what kind of things gratify our flesh? What kind of things gratify our humanity? Two things that, that I thought of, and you perhaps can think of more, but just for, in the interest of time, I'll share with you two. First of all, reward, and second of all, revenge. We in our flesh, if we do something good, we, we feel obligated. We feel, we, feel, uh, we feel like we deserve a reward. We work hard at work. We want to higher paying job we 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 want our check at the end of the week we want we want all these things but if somebody does us wrong boy oh boy i want to get back i want to re, i want to revenge but the scripture teaches us other principles romans chapter 12 verse 9 dearly beloved avenge not yourselves but rather give place under wrath For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now this is hard. This is not easy. And it takes work. It takes time to learn how to do this. I'm, frankly, I'm still learning how to do this. Sometimes I trip while I'm trying to walk in the Spirit. Sometimes I, 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 brother, Brother Hall, I get mad at the person that cuts me off on the road and I speed up around them and, you know, show them my lights. (laughs) <laughs> you can ask my wife. 
I want my vengeance. I want, what would you do that for? You had no right to do that to me. You've got to, you've got to give this natural, like this natural reaction, this natural instinct to God. Say, God, I trust you with my revenge. And then beyond this, I, I, the other one I mentioned was reward. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So Jesus, are you saying that we have reward in heaven? If we do good things, there's a, re- there's a reward there? Yes, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Matthew chapter 5, verse 12, rejoice and be exceedingly, exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And this is specifically when, when they were persecuting the prophets. But you have to understand that, that don't do the good deeds that you do to be seen of men or to be heard of men or to be rewarded here on earth. Because if you receive your reward here on earth, you're not going to receive the reward that he promised you beyond this earth. But if you're willing to prolong that reward, that self-gratification, if you will, then the gratification that God's got for you is so much greater than what you can receive here on earth. But again, it's a balance. You have to learn how to walk against these kind of pressures, against these kind of of innate desires. I I do. I want to see. I want to see what's coming to them. And and I I want to receive what's mine. But that, what am I doing? What am I talking? All I'm talking about is me, me, me. And that's not what God wants us focused on. He wants us focused on him, him, him. Crucify our flesh. Crucify my flesh. This is a way, amen, in a day-to-day life, how you can crucify your flesh is put aside your innate desire. Amen, friend, I'm telling you, I, and I feel the Holy Ghost right now when I'm speaking to you. Amen, that, that if, you can, if you can somehow set aside that personal ambition, somehow set aside, amen, that desire, amen, to get even, amen, then God has a great reward for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me ask you this to the mature ones, the ones who tried it before, the one who has the experience that I'm talking about. Amen. What was the result? Did you feel like you got what you wanted? Did you feel like you were completely satisfied? Nope. Absolutely not. I speak from experience. Amen. The next time somebody else cuts me off, I get mad again. The next time I work again, even though they gave me a check, I expected, and please don't take this to the wrong uh, conclusions where I'm saying you should work for free. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm the last one that would tell you that, okay? <laughs> Amen. Uh, the workman is uh, worthy of his hire. That's a scriptural principle, too. Amen. You put in the work, you, you deserve it. But let me tell you something, that, 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 that shouldn't be your sole ambition and desire. You should be able to temper that. That's why it's a balance. Because you take it, amen, when it comes to you as, as in the order and the plan of God. But you shouldn't run seeking after it. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. Amen. If, if the vengeance comes, amen, in the order of God's will, then by all means allow it to happen. The Lord saw to it that your vengeance was supplied, that he avenged you. Amen. But child of God, don't go running for it. Don't spend your energy running after it. Don't try to get even with somebody. Let God deal with it. He can, he can repay far greater than you could ever even dream to. Hallelujah. I didn't intend to spend so much time on this. Uh, Amen. But I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying. Amen. Colossians 3 and 2 says, set your affection on things above. Not on things in this earth. Amen. You set your affection on the things around you. Amen. Those things that crumble. Amen. And fade. Amen. And that's all you're going to have. Amen. Is crumbling and fading. Hallelujah. Amen. But if you take the time learn oh well I like that shirt I like those 
shoes. I like these things. Amen. But, but I'm going to temper it. I'm not saying don't ever buy a new outfit. You got, you got to understand. There's balance. You've got to receive it with balance. Sometimes you do need it. Amen. But sometimes you don't. And only God knows the right times. Let your moderation be known to all men, Paul said. You need to make sure that, that you're walking with a fine-tuned balance. That you're not over-spiritualizing things. I, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody tonight. And that you're not over-spiritualizing things, but you're not over-carnalizing them either, if you will. You're not trying to, you're not trying to, you're not trying to make yourself out to be something that you're not, but you are also trying to strive to be like Christ. God, I want to please you. God, I want to serve you. I do want to see revival. I want to give it my all. Amen. But woe is me. I don't want to feel like I'm somebody special. Hallelujah. God, use me if you can. I'm not worthy, but if you will, God, if you've got a place for me, I'm available. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, buddy, there's a place for you on the battlefield. Child of God, amen, there's a place for you in the prayer room. Child of God, there's a place for you in the worship room. Oh, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus told Peter, Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, he turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Satan? What? Jesus called him a devil. Get behind me, devil. Thou art... An offense unto me. Why? For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Oh, Brother Hilton, that's just a simple statement. I, I know it's a simple statement. Let me, let me show you something special about this scripture. The word savorest is the same word that is used in the scripture that we read just a moment ago. That do mind the things of the flesh. Same word. In other words, if I were to reread Romans chapter 8, 5, to use the same word, it says, For they that are after the flesh, savor the things of the flesh. But they, that, but they that are after the Spirit, savor the things of the Spirit. So when Jesus was speaking to Peter, it was as if he was saying, For thou do mind, you don't mind the things of God, Peter. You're not, you're, you're not interested, what you're interested in is yourself. What you're interested in is an earthly kingdom. What you're interested in is immediate gratification. Right, the, the, the context is when Jesus said, I'm going to die. And Peter said, no. Let's, uh, should we go there? Matthew chapter 16. I don't have this in my notes, so I'm going to have to read some of the scriptures around it. to get there when you're right-handed and you're flipping with your left hand. Matthew 16, we read verse 23. Verse 21 says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and, uh, and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him. And began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be, un this shall not, sorry, yeah, this shall not be unto thee. Well, Jesus, I just want you to stay alive. Jesus, I just want you to live. And Jesus said, If I do that, then I'm not going to accomplish what I came to do. If I'm solely focused on self, if I'm solely focused on uh, pure opportunism, if I'm just looking for the next good opportunity, yeah, yes, Peter, it's safer to stay here. I'm, but I've got to go. You don't understand. I've got to go to Jerusalem. If I'm going to accomplish what I was sent here to do, I'm going to Jerusalem. Now, Peter, you have a choice. You can either come with me or not. You can either walk with me or not. 
Hallelujah. You don't savor the things of God. But you savor the things that be of men, he said. You're more focused on an immediate and an earthly kingdom. You're focused on more immediate gratification. Amen. But the kingdom of God is not about immediate flesh gratification. It's about spiritual gratification. It's about gratifying the will of the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we subject our thoughts to these principles of giving over our reward to God, giving over our vengeance to God, if we subject our thoughts to these things that Jesus taught, then we do not even give our actions a chance to become reality. If we bring those thoughts of, oh, man, I'd like to get even with him, or man, I'd like to see this happen. I'd like to get this reward. If I do these X, Y, and Z, then boom, payout is going to be great. But, but, but you gotta, if, if we are willing to subject those thoughts to the obedience of Christ, then our actions will never, we, we will never produce those actions in reality. We'll never take vengeance. We'll never take the reward here on earth. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Listen to what Paul says. He says, the, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The carnal mind is enmity. Anybody know what that word means? It's the enemy. What do enemies do? They fight. So your carnal mind is fighting against God. Huh. Sounds like White dog, black dog. Good dog, bad dog. They're in there fighting. We got a Jesus dog, and we got a devil dog. (laughs) And whichever one you feed the most is going to win. Do you savor the things of God, or do you savor the things of man? Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you. I'm sorry, I'm not. Blowing your minds tonight. No pun intended. I did not mean that. <laughs> Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Not only is the carnal mind the enemy of God, but Paul goes a step further in the verse before that and says the carnal mind brings death. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You want to live a spiritual life. You've got to take the spirit that lives within you. You want to walk in the spirit. If you want to move from living in the spirit to walking in the spirit, you've got to take that spirit that lives in you and allow it to control your thoughts. Subject your carnal mind to the spirit. Amen. Not a one of us are angels, unfortunately. I know some that are pretty close. I know that some that are pretty far. <laughs> I'm one of them. Amen. But because we have to, because the Spirit of God dwells in our carnal flesh, we have to bring our flesh into obedience to that Spirit. The Spirit is living in our life to help us to live a life of peace and liberty. Amen. Say 45, we can go just a little bit further, all right? So if we're living in the Spirit and we're walking in the Spirit, then guess what? We can now fight in the Spirit. If we know how to, if we know how to live, we know how to walk, perhaps we can begin to fight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. goes on to say, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Carnal warfare is constituted by our human minds, our abilities, our skills, our talents, 
and our strength. We spent some time talking about our mind tonight. Amen. But, um, and how the enemy will insert thoughts that we must cast down. But one of those areas that we need to be especially careful about is friendly fire. Using our thoughts, using our ability, using our strength to accidentally hurt somebody else. We don't want to be tearing down a brother or a sister in our minds, and we don't want to be tearing them down verbally or physically either. Even if we never say it, those lies can persist in our minds. We should cast them down. Pastor said in a previous message that the devil's M.O. has always been to divide and conquer. Sun Tzu made the following statement. If they are united, if we've, if we've achieved this, this unity of the spirit, then, simple, separate them. Separate them. Now, we talked about, we talked about our minds. We talked about the thoughts in our minds. But there's a specific thought that the enemy likes to put in our minds, and that is specifically to tear down one another. He wants to cause disunity. Why? Because the spirit that animates the army that's animated by the same spirit, they will win. And he knows that if we are all operating by the same spirit in the same mind, then if he can insert division, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. If he could try to tear one down in your mind, if he could try, amen, to upset one or another, amen, then he can see success. Hallelujah. Amen. Friend, it's not complicated. These are not hard rules to figure out. These are not hard tactics, amen, of the enemy to figure out. Amen. The weapons that are in the carnal warrior's arsenal are found in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 3. It says, for your hands are defiled with blood. And your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongues have uh, hath uttered muttered perverseness none calleth for justice nor any pleadeth for truth they trust in vanity and speak lies they conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity go down to verse 6 their webs shall not become garments neither shall they cover themselves with their works their works are works of iniquity and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they don't know they know not. And there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever go therein shall not know peace. You'll never obtain victory. You'll never win over the enemy. Amen. If you succumb to these carnal, uh, to this carnal arsenal. Uh, If you notice what we just read, uh, verse number seven, midway through says, their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Amen. It all starts with that same pattern. It begins in the mind. Uh, amen. But then we, we, we end up with hands defiled with blood, fingers filled with iniquity, lips uh, speaking lies, tongues muttering perverseness, and, and nobody calling for justice or truth. Uh, and they're all looking and trusting in vanity. Every thought moves from being a thought to becoming an exalted thought, one that is exalting itself. What he's saying is not true. What they're saying is not true. Hey, what they're saying is a lie, and then it becomes reality. It goes from being a a falsehood, an absolute lie. But because it's been fostered, it grows from that into becoming bloody hands, perverse lips, Vanity, no judgment, destruction, waste, no peace. Hallelujah. But the carnal weapons, but the but the, the carnal weapons of warfare, as we've identified in this passage, are our hands, our lips, our feet, 
And yes, even our thoughts. They produce iniquity, lies, perverseness, vanity, lies, mischief, violence, evil, innocent blood wasted, wasting destruction and a lack of peace. But if we can put away those carnal weapons, if we can throw away that arsenal, amen, and turn to the arsenal that God has given us, the weapons, amen, of spiritual warfare, the weapons of our warfare, as Paul said, are not carnal, but they are mighty. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen, you want to overcome the enemy. Amen, you want to overcome, amen, the onslaught of the enemy in your life. No doubt, you and you and you, amen, are facing, amen, attacks from the enemy. And I'm going to tell you that if you put on the whole armor, hallelujah, if you're strong in the Lord, amen, if you take on the spirit of life, amen, if you take on the spirit of the Lord, amen, you can, amen, put stand against the wiles of the enemy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sister Tori, come on up here. And you can begin to play. You don't have to wait for me. Amen. I'm going to stop here before I get into too much trouble. We're getting ready to start a new part. And and, um, if we start there, it will take forever. Don't trust in your own might. Your own Ability, your own intelligence, your own intellect, your own wisdom. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will, if you, if you acknowledge Him, He will direct your path. If you, if you savor, if you want, if you desire the things of God, he will order your steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You, he will order, he'll direct your steps. We need to be strong in the Lord. We need to take on the power of not our might. That's an important distinction. Many times I think we, we, God uses us in a specific service. Perhaps we run the aisles and boom, the service breaks loose. And wow, look what I did. No, that wasn't you. That was you being obedient to the Spirit. And because of your obedience, the Holy Ghost had a little bit more room to work. Because you were obedient to the Spirit of God. Because you allowed the power of His might to manifest then he had the ability to work. Amen. And uh, Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 tells us, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. If you can... If you can bring your flesh, let's all stand together. If you can bring your carnal mind, your carnal thoughts, your carnal will, your carnal ambition. Hey, I'm not saying you can't own a big house and drive a nice, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you are willing to subject that to God's spirit, if you savor God's will above all of those things, then you will see peace. Real peace. Coming down from the Father above. You don't have to play that song. I'm just... Glory and power. Anointing. Amen. If God had some of us, if, if I would, would yield to the Spirit the same way that I did when I first received the gift of the Holy Ghost. When I came to the altar and said, God, this isn't working. 
my lying, thieving. So many other ways not working. If you subject those ways, those carnal, your hands, your lips, your eyes, your thoughts, all those things to the Lord, then God will come in. He'll allow you so much greater power than you'll ever attain on your own. You can't, you can't earn. You can't exercise enough. You can't do enough. You can't become spiritual enough in your flesh. But if you can yield to the Holy Ghost, just like you did when you received the Holy Ghost, then we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We can take on the whole armor of God. We can stand against the wiles of the devil. Let's lift our hands to the Lord.